Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and we're going to kick things off with some rate lock data. That's right. We got the latest rate lock data from Black Knight looking at December 2021. And I always kind of like the rate lock data because I think it's a good indicator of what's actually happening with mortgage demand because it's further along in the process and it really gives you a good idea of what the actual mortgage demand is for the industry. So I always like the uh, the monthly report that we get from Black Knight. So where was it in December of 2021? Well, it was down, actually. Down double digits thanks to a big drop in purchases to close out the year. Once again, this according to the latest data from Black Knight. Total rate lock volume was down 18.3% month over month in December of 2021. That is down 35% when compared to December of 2020. So a big drop and an indication that the housing market, while still very hot by any historical metric, is still showing signs of cooling a little bit. Uh, purchase locks saw the biggest decline with a 22.5% drop month over month and falling to their lowest level in two years. Now, originally when I saw that, I thought, well, of course, yeah, I mean, people aren't, usually aren't buying homes in December kind of a quiet month historically, but when you see that it's now the lowest rate that it's been in two years, yeah, still an indication of what's happening from a seasonal perspective, but still an indication that things are starting to slow down. Rate term locks saw a 17% drop to also reach their lowest levels for such lending in two years, and even cash outs, even cash outs were down in December, a 10% month over month drop, but they were up. 18% year over year, which makes sense. People are seeing how much equity they have in their homes. They see rates are going up. Why not tap that? Even in a slow month like December, credit scores. Now, this is always a important metric in my opinion, because what you don't want to see is what we saw in the mid 2000s, where all of a sudden the standards for lending just fell off a cliff. So you don't want to see that happen. So where were the credit scores in December? Well, credit scores for rate term refis were actually the highest on average among the three categories at 735, which was one point lower from last month and 17 points lower than the same time last year. Purchases saw their average credit score fall one point as well to 730, which is only one point lower from a year ago. And cash outs were unchanged for the month at 726, but they were down 19 points from one year ago. So you see a big drop in cash outs and refis, which kind of makes sense because people who maybe are in less stable financial position, maybe lower credit score, are more likely to want to refi, take advantage of that, and are also more likely to want to do a cash out refi and tap that equity. But we're still talking about 726. I mean, we're not talking about 500 credit scores. 726. (laughs) That's not bad, I would say, if that's uh, as bad as it gets. Now, that number is probably going to drop, but I think as long as you stay in the 700s, that's pretty safe. We start dropping into the mid sixes. You're going to hear me start ringing the alarm bell. Now, the 30-year fixed rate, conforming 30-year fixed rate was eight bips higher 
than it was in November, jumped up to 3.35%, and that is 58 basis points higher than one year ago. So we got raising rates and locks are falling. That makes sense. Now, what was kind of crazy was how big of a drop you saw in purchases, because now we're at that point where people that want to buy, sure, they'd like the rate to be lower, but they're like, you know what? I, I need a house. I want a house. I want to move. The rate goes up. We'd like a lower rate, but we'll take, I mean, we'll, we'll take what we can get. But the rate term, obviously, and the cash out refis are a little more influenced by what is happening with rate. Now, Scott Hat, president of Black Knight Secondary Marketing Technology, said while the drop was big, it wasn't surprising. Now, if you've been paying attention, saying, quote, seen in the light of the normal seasonal slowdown in home sales, as well as our current rate environment, December's more than 20% drop in purchase loan locks isn't all that surprising. Neither was the continued decline in rate term refinancing lending through the size of the annual decline is noteworthy, if not sobering. So this is kind of a wake-up call for the mortgage industry. There was actually a fascinating piece in the Wall Street Journal about Rocket Mortgage that has seen just a, I mean, it's been like a parabolic rise with that company. I mean, the advertising, and so all these people have been using it for this refi boom, but now they have to start doing purchases, which is going to be a problem because if you talk to anyone in the business, they're going to tell you with everything being as crazy as it is, you can't rely on these big mortgage companies to close loans. It's one of the benefits of working for a company that I work for, Atlantic Bay Mortgage, because you have mortgage bankers who are watching that loan and following it and making sure that you get to that closing deadline. It's a little more complicated with these big behemoths. And so the question by the Wall Street Journal was, will they be able to hold on to this dominance when these easy refis go away? And we will see. But they're definitely going to have to change some things up because uh, refi is a lot easier to do than a purchase. And the purchases have not gone smoothly for a lot of people if you talk to them in the housing industry. So it'll be interesting to see if Rocket has to make some adjustments with regards to customer service if they want to maintain that dominance that they have. But it is a wake-up call. Refis are going away. They are going away. Sure, we're going to see a lot of cash out refis, a little bit of a jump there. But if rates get too high, you may lose some of the advantage of doing a cash out. So we'll see what happens with rates. We'll talk about some predictions here in just a second. But let's do a short term prediction. Let's not talk 2022 in entirety in the aggregate. Let's talk about just this week. And this week is inflation week. I mean, we're getting a lot of inflation data starting with, of course, we start the week off with the data from the New York Fed with consumer expectations. Then we're going to get CPI, PPI, and I think PCE might be next week. But a lot of data this week with regards to inflation, and it's not starting off good. It's not good to begin with. Uh, Like I said, the New York Fed released their survey of consumer expectations, and while it didn't increase it didn't decrease either. Inflation expectations for a median one year and three year ahead remained unchanged in December at 6% and 4% respectively. Now looking at home prices since this is a housing podcast, uh, median home prices expectations increased 
to 5.5% from 5% in November. So people are a little more optimistic that home prices are going, or depending on your situation, if you're a homeowner, optimistic, if you're trying to buy pessimistic consumers expect their wages to grow at three percent which was up 0.2 percent from november which means consumers believe that prices of goods are going to outpace their wages that is not a recipe for a great economy which leads us to a lot of the discussion that i read all day about what is happening with inflation So Bloomberg reported on Monday that widely followed consumer price index is forecast to rise 7% year over year in December. That would be a 0.4% jump month over month. And the following day, another labor department report is projected to show prices paid to producers surging double digits, 10%. That is not good data. Consumers are not going to be happy seeing that. Now, I understand the Fed uses the gold standard, the PCE index, but the CPI, people are going to see 7%. They're going to the grocery store. They know what's happening to prices. They're not going to be very happy. And this inflation spike is undoubtedly why Goldman Sachs early on Monday said they now believe the Fed will likely, quote, raise interest rates four times this year, four times, four times. I got to stress that four times and will start its balance sheet runoff process in July. And by the way, the seeds are already being planted. We know how the Fed works. Jerome Powell, I think said that during one of his press conferences about how they plant the seeds. They sort of get that information out there and then slowly it becomes the consensus and then they make their decision. They're never going to spook the market. They're never going to surprise anyone with like a rate hike in January or February, but they're going to be like, hey, maybe we'll do something in March. Maybe possibly we're just throwing it out there and then eventually we'll all come and realize that, yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to be raising rates in March. And like I said, the seeds are already being planted. Wall Street Journal reported that if you've gotten an economy that continues, I'm sorry, this is actually a quote from Tom Barkin, who is the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. He told the Wall Street Journal, quote, if you've got an economy that continues the levels of unemployment that we're living through now, which of course is very healthy, with the price pressure elevated, I think according to our mandate and framework, we need to move towards normalization saying, I certainly think it's conceivable that the Fed will be able to lift rates at the March meeting. So he's put that out there today, planting the seed. Eventually, you'll hear more conversation about this. And like I said, by March or leading up to March, it will be the consensus. And this undoubtedly is going to happen. Why? Well, we got another poll from the Associated Press that finds that twice as many Americans, 24%, are worried about inflation. That is double the rate that it was a year ago. It was 12%, now it's 24%. This means politicians are starting to pay attention. That means there's now pressure to do something about inflation. In complicating matters, the Biden administration continues to blame greedy corporations while liberal economists, the Washington Post reports, quote, on both inside and outside the administration split over whether monopoly power accounts for the spike in inflation facing the nation. So this isn't just like economists. This is liberal economists are divided on this. 
which means that the rest of the economic community probably is less on the idea that this is corporate greed. I mean, sure, is there corporate greed involved? Yeah, I mean, companies want to make profits. They always do. But it's not like they just all of a sudden got greedier. <laughs> I mean, if you want to show me evidence that we're seeing massive profits now versus any other time, I'll look at the data. But more than likely, yes, they're making profits, but they always, that's the purpose of business, is to make money. The reason prices are going up is because the them as producers, what they're paying is going up. The, the natural materials, raw goods, whatever it may be, is going up. And they're passing it on to the consumers, which isn't greed. It's how you operate a business. That's how it's supposed to work. So it was funny. I was looking at all of this and it's like, I mean, just inflation data, what the consumers are expecting, what um, now Wall Street is expecting, how consumers feel about this. And then you have the confusion in the White House. All I can think about was, other than that, Miss Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> it's just, it's... It's a lot. It's not good. It's not good. And there's still some people. And I, I got to tell you, there's still a little bit inside of me, a little bit, that still thinks that if we can get these supply chains fixed. Do you see that there's a piece in the journal on, on the weekend about how homes, we have the highest rate of unfinished homes, people moving into them. I mean, obviously, they have like the important things like windows and doors and you know insulation, <laughs> the things you need to move into a house. But like some of these houses don't have gutters. Some don't have garage doors because of the supply chain problem. And I do think that there's still a big issue. It's still, I won't say artificially because it's naturally occurring, but I do think it's, it's raising prices. And once we get that fixed, we are going to see um, the pressure leveling, leveling off. And so I think the Fed and Powell is definitely aware of that. I think that's why he's been so tepid when it comes to to saying, okay, we got to raise rates because he's worried that if you slow the economy down, then the supply chain gets fixed. Now we got double, double trouble. Not that we shouldn't probably be raising rates. I mean, I don't think it's ever a bad thing to see rates go up, especially at this point when they've been, they've been so low for so long. I don't think anyone's going to be too upset about that. All right, before we go, I did want to give you a heads up on... Oh, the predictions. I forgot to mention the prediction. That's right. For uh, 2022, there was a great piece over at the Washington Post, and they were looking at a survey that had been done by the National Association of Realtors who had surveyed more than 20 economic and housing experts and asked for their predictions in the new year. And so here were their predictions real quick here. And of course, take this with a grain of salt. The group predicted the median home price will rise by 5.7% which is not far off from where consumers are expecting prices to go. What were they? 5.5%. New home sales are forecast to jump 15% to 920,000 and existing home sales are anticipated to dip 1.6% to 5.9 million. It, It would be nice to see those new home sales get even higher because we need some inventory. It's demand's gonna remain high even if rates move up. So it'd be nice to see it crack that million mark for the year. That would be great. Uh, one story to also be paying attention to, it happened late Monday evening. Richard Clarita, the Federal Reserve's vice chair, announced that he would resign from his position two weeks earlier than planned. And while he did not give a reason, he has faced renewed scrutiny about trades he made in 2020 as the central bank was poised to rescue financial markets. So it's like he sold stock 
And then he bought a whole bunch of stock before the Fed announced they were going to cut rates and try and keep the market from tumbling. And he's been facing a lot of questions about that. And there's this new push that we're seeing right now to kind of restrain people in Washington who know all of these things and are able to trade on that information that if you and I did it, we'd go to jail. And yet they're allowed to do it. <laughs> and so people are like, hey, we got a decision to make. Either they can't trade stock or they have to let these trades be known. They, they got to run them through other people. They should put their money in a blind trust or whatever the solution might be. But this is going to add. And I think John Ossoff, the senator from Georgia, has put forward legislation to block legislators from being able to trade stock. Pelosi is not going to like that. She was saying, hey, no, I'm, I'm, this is a free market. I get to trade. Freer for some than others when it comes to uh, inside information in Washington. Uh, little in little data coming out later this morning. Well, we got the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, is going to be testifying. He, of course, has been renominated for his position. That will start at 10 a.m. We're also going to get the economic optimism data from IBD. That's out also at 10 a.m. And like I said, it's inflation week. It's a lot of inflation data later in this week, but we got to go. You guys enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you back here Wednesday morning. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.